Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. This is a bonus Q&A episode to tide us over to the next one-shot, and it is indeed a very special Q&A, as this week I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Pele Nilsson and Johan Noor, the game designers behind Merkborg, a pitch-black apocalyptic fancy RPG about lost souls and fools seeking redemption forgiveness of the last remaining riches in a bleak and decaying world. Since being released in 2020, Merkborg has taken the tabletop RPG community by storm, winning several Emmy awards and inspiring a wealth of community content thanks to its third-party license. Merkborg has been described as a doom metal album of a game, a spiked flail to the face, rules light and heavy everything else. The latest expansion, Heretic, is a design of community-made misadventure and malice for use with the core game or other rules-like dark fantasy games. Heretic will be out on April 12th and is currently available for pre-order from the Free League Publishing website, along with the new Merkborg GM screen and the previous sign of Ferritory. It was an absolute pleasure to interview Pele and Johan, and honestly, I can't wait to run my first game of Merkborg, so please, 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 if you haven't checked out this game yet, go and do so right now. I'll put links to Merkborg and to Pele and Johan's other projects on the What Am I Rolling website and in this episode show notes. Thank you so much for joining me, both of you. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Who are you and what do you do? Should I go first, Johan? Or? Yeah, go. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm Pelle Nilsson. Uh, I wrote the game. I'm the writer of a, a Merkborg game mm-hmm. and uh, some other books as well. And uh, I'm... Uh, this is only a hobby thing for me, so I have a daytime job, a normal one. Uh, <laughs> so this is uh, just for fun, and as it should be for me. Yeah, and I'm Johan Noor, and I'm a graphic designer and an artist who is responsible for making my boy look the way it does. And for that, I'm sorry, but I'm also I've been working with. <laughs> I've been working with a bunch of games, uh, a lot for Free League recently, but also a lot of games in the role-playing game indie community. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm the art person here. You're the art person. Yeah. <laughs> it's like good cop, even better cop. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> so how did you both get into role-playing games? Are you regular players slash GMs or are you just purely sort of from the outset, just writers or, or game designers in general? I think uh, for me, I started role-playing when I was, I don't know how old I was, but it was uh, maybe 12 or something, 12 or 13. I don't know. It's very vague. It's just yeah, it's ages ago. But uh, it has always been a creative hobby for me. Like I've always created stuff and I've always written like uh, adventures. And I think before I even owned my first game, I wrote my own game. It was probably very bad but still uh, it's like it's it's you know creating stuff is so integral is that the word for like my experience to this hobby so that's it's just natural that i create stuff uh, still for it as pelle we I, i've started playing mainly swedish games uh, in the beginning didn't really get into like dungeons and dragons and that kind of stuff until very late mm-hmm. Exactly. That was the case for me as well. Uh, I grew up in the mid-80s and, you know, we were out in the woods playing with sticks, uh, LARPing more or less. <laughs> and then the role-playing games came and we 
were very bored. Uh, we had yeah, two, two TV channels and, you know, not very much going on. And uh, the role playing games was uh, like a really good. Uh, it was like uh, we were waiting for them to come, but we didn't know it before they came. So uh, I started to play also when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old. I think I bought my first role playing game in 1985 or 86. So that was some time ago. Long ago, yeah. <laughs> Very long ago. Oh, don't, yeah. don't age everyone on the podcast, thank you. <laughs> um, so what, what, what kind of games did you like to play? And you mentioned, obviously, sort of like, obviously back in the 80s, and stuff, but not necessarily Dragons and Dragons. Was there a particular genre you both liked? Or do you, like, you were just like, whatever it is, we want to play, we want to try something new. I think we mainly played fantasy games back then. It was uh, this very big Swedish game called Drakar of the Måner, which is translates to dragons and demons. And it's very obvious what kind of game it was mimicking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. It was just, the, the, I think they took the name because they wanted it to become popular <laughs> or something. Sure. Uh, but it got very, got very big in the 80s and 90s, I think, as well. So we played that and we also played a lot of um, horror, so like cult. Uh, and post-apocalypse is for some reason very big in Sweden as well. Uh, with mutant, mutant and uh, which is now mutant zero, but that was the first game that I played as well. Mutant, the original one, yeah. So I think so like those are the three big genres, I guess, that everyone plays. But yeah, I guess it's the same for you, right? But, uh... Yeah, it was those three genres, and uh, but my first horror game was Chill. It's called, oh yeah, uh, Shock in Swedish. It was out in 1985. That was, one of the big ones. Uh, that was my first box. And I was uh, really disappointed because I wanted a fantasy game. <laughs> so, I, But I got, I got that uh, other game you mentioned, Draken and Demoner, Dragons and Demons, uh, some few months later. It wasn't based on Dungeons and Dragons. It was based on BRP or basic role-playing, uh, like uh, RuneQuest and... Uh, those games. Uh, Call of Cthulhu uh, as well, you said. Yeah, yeah, the Call, and Call of Cthulhu. They took the name from Dungeons & Dragons, but uh, not the rules. Hmm. So BRP, basic role-playing, was the main system yeah. uh, back in the 80s for all games. I remember like the the idea of, or, like the, the perception of Dungeons & Dragons was that it was this American game that hmm. was, at least in my group, we kind of looked down on it. We didn't know what it was. We just knew that it was American and it was about, you know, it had levels, which was uh, terrible, we, we thought, like that idea. Because it, so, it was so video gamey. But then, uh, I don't know, we grew up and we learned to appreciate yeah. different types but, of games. But I mean, it, this thing that was going on wasn't like on a small nerdish uh, level. It was, no. I, I mean, this fantasy game we mentioned, mm. I think it sold 100,000 copies. Mm. It was Sweden. everywhere. Mm. So it was uh, a really big thing. It was like the on. game, the Swedish, the, the yeah. role-playing game. Like like now when you when you want to explain what a role-playing game is to your colleagues, you say, oh, you, you, you know Dungeons & Dragons. But I think back then, in Sweden at least, it was, mm. oh, you know, Drakkar the Monarchs. That was the, the big name on everyone's lips. Really amazing. Yeah. So mm. I know we're going sort of through a, a renaissance in a way of RPGs right now that, you know, we've got uh, all these new uh, indie RPGs coming out. It sounds like in Sweden that there just was a, a huge sort of like community as you were growing up. And you sort of, it sounds like you continue it. Like a lot of people I interview on this podcast usually start young and then 
forget about yeah. RPGs and then later come back to it? Have you just yeah. gone straight for Rails or was there no. a time when you it, just came back to it? It was exactly the same uh, for me, at least. Mm. I was playing a lot in the 80s and then I, it was like uh, nothing in the 90s and the early mm. 20s. Uh, it was, I, I didn't play role-playing games at all. It was a dark age <laughs> for me. <laughs> I guess it was a dark age for many genres, but uh, es- mm. especially for me and lots of other people, I think, when it comes to role-playing games and mm. heavy metal bands like Iron Maiden. <laughs> they, they were completely forgotten in the 90s, but then yeah. they had a comeback mm. in the year 2000. And mm. it started to become big again when people came back to their roots but that was the thing uh, like uh, indie, pop, indie pop uh, <laughs> <laughs> stuff going yeah. on publishing role-playing games was the same yeah. thing like yeah I, I don't know if did any role-playing games like get published in sweden in the 90s i barely i don't think so like oh, I probably think, yeah, in, the, in the early 90s or early but it's like in the na- it late yeah. maybe it was the no, no, 90s, 90s. In, in the late 90s maybe it was the second was like, version of mutant or like Aeon or something. Yeah. yeah but it was, uh, yeah, it was a gap uh, at some point mm-hmm. when not uh, not a lot happened. But then, mm-hmm. then it really started bubbling in the Swedish scene, and there was a lot of uh, stuff coming, and a lot of like people creating games. And I don't think we've seen the end of that yet. But it's, not, no. it's like a very Sweden is a very small scene, but it's very it's very much alive. And it's very yeah, vibrant. Uh, yeah, it's it's called the second uh, golden age. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Sweden I and I think Free League mm. publishing started that. Or they were one of them at least. One of them at least. No. I'm I'm not to want to diminish you know other no. parties, but they started the second golden age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Sweden and there. Yeah, I think lots of games are. Very famous. Mm. Sweden, like uh, The One Ring and Mutant Tears Hero, Forbidden Lands, and also Mörkborg. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fun because it's yeah. now we can we start to see like Swedish games crawl out internationally, yes. which really wasn't a thing yeah. earlier. So that's no. the yeah, that's you, a fun thing. You, yeah, you folks seem to have a really big spread now, certainly with Mörkborg as well, which we'll yeah. get to, which is which is brilliant. It's nice to it's nice to see Americans really struggle to pronounce not only your own names but also <laughs> the, the game name as well. I've, like, uh, we don't mind. I think it's really. Funny. I know, yeah. I know, but you think you'd have a go? Yeah. yeah anyway, anyway. <laughs> so for those people who don't know. What is Merkborg and how does it differ from other tabletop RPGs out there? Good question. Uh, what would you say? I mean, in short, it's a rules light, but style heavy, I guess. Dark, super dark fantasy role-playing game about a terrible world that is ending and the scum who is trying to do something before it all ends. That's the elevator pitch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but uh, then also uh, what uh, becomes, uh, I think, attractive to a lot of people is that uh, it's uh, we we have a lot of humor in the game. So yeah. it's it's not like Edge Lord, no darkness. It's uh, fun, uh, darkness. fun darkness. Yeah, that's a good. That's a very <laughs> yeah. good point. So I think yeah. that attracts a lot a lot of people. Yeah, maybe some other games that uh, you know. Or a bit edge lord. Mm-hmm. I think we don't take ourselves very seriously. That's the that's the important. The, yeah. the idea is like when you play the game, you should have fun at the table. Like you should yeah. you should laugh and have a good time. Yes. But your characters shouldn't like they, yeah. you should laugh at your characters' expense. Yeah. Like that's the idea. I like that. I like that. We, we, you know we don't need uh, 
<laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how to say it. We, we don't need uh, blood and boobies <laughs> to, to, yep. to uh, make a stand. We, we do it uh, in another oh, way with uh, humor and... Uh, Yes. And blood, and, yeah. and blood, and, and blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a yeah. good sl- slasher movie, or like yeah, a, yeah. like that kind of thing. It's like yeah. the, what was that? Like uh, Army of Darkness, the role playing game. Like that's the mm. that's the kind of vibe that we're going for. Yeah, I, I definitely get that from reading this through as well. Like again, Mootborg, it has that very stylized look, as I'm sure we'll definitely go into. But you're right, there is this. It's sort of like it is a grim world. Things are shit. Yeah. Everything's going to shit. But there is a, there is that sense of dark humor about it. You know, the plague's happening. Oh well, bring out you're dead i guess exactly, you know, put yeah. them on the i'm not dead yet but you will be put them on you know so it's i definitely so, see that it's so over the top so you can't really take it seriously because we, yes. we you know we crank it up to 11 always yes. and yeah the we have a lot of final tap it. of rpgs right, right? <laughs> no way <laughs> in a way yes yeah so how did Merkball come about then how because obviously you said you sort of you're not necessarily regular game writers you said so you've got nine to five jobs you're, you're doing other bits and pieces around it so how did you come to write one of the biggest games in the last two or three years yeah we, we didn't at all think about uh, the game becoming bigger or something like that it, <laughs> that was the surprise for us yeah, you can see that, yeah. Uh, for me it's uh, i'm missing uh, playing role play games that's uh, you know a big uh, black hole in my soul, <laughs> but uh, I don't get to play role-playing games mm-hmm. too often these days. For me, it was I needed to write this game and uh, fill that hole with some uh, creative stuff. But Mark Borg really started out quite simple, like uh, it was a couple of pages with some light rules and some few classes. And the, the first idea was that we were going to make a zine out of this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, very simple, maybe black and white early stages, but only in Swedish, um, really independent and uh, underground uh, thing. <laughs> you can also mention that the, the first version of this game was just on one paper, basically, right? It was just yeah. two, pa- two pages, like two pages. front and back. Yeah, on, on that just that was the start of it. Yeah, so you could you could yeah. have it, keep it in your pocket and like meant to be played at conventions and like on the pub nice. or something. With this idea of making it like a punk scene or something, it kind of grew because we just kept adding like art yeah. and stuff without <laughs> yeah. thinking about really how much, <laughs> what the page count would be. Mm-hmm. We didn't care about that. Oh. And it grew and it became like 80, I think it's 90 pages, 88 mm-hmm. pages. And we never considered that it would be popular. We hoped that we would go break even with it mm-hmm. when with that the Kickstarter would, because the, we did a Kickstarter and that was one of the, the things that Free League said that, okay, so if we're going to publish this, you need to have a Kickstarter so we can see that it can hold water, you know, that people actually yeah. want this weird yeah. fucking game. They didn't say it like that, but <laughs> basically. Yeah. In, in better, more professional gaming terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of. But, uh, but then it became very successful and people actually liked it, which was a bit surprising, to be honest, because we never made this for anyone but ourselves and it was always just an experiment just to see you know i wonder what will happen if we do like this i don't know but let's do it anyway who cares you know Mm -hmm. so and we have tried to keep that mindset even though we know that there are people waiting for the next thing it's it's a bit harder now but we try to push ourselves to not consider like not to feel Mm -hmm. the pressure as much that's, that's a good thing to think, yeah, because obviously people are going to be asking, when, when's the next Merborg-type yep. project? And you're like, uh, 
we're just happy with what we've done. Yeah, no. Yes. And we have lots of we have lots of ideas, but yes. Yes. we want to keep experimenting and we know right. that the next experiment might not be as successful because that's yeah. the nature of experimentation. Like you have to try something that you know you don't know if it will work or not. Yeah, and we published the book and then uh, we have the ferritory scene and mm. the heretic scene and the GM screen and uh, the icon box. But we have been uh, doing uh, lots of other stuff in between also mm. that takes some time. Like we did a vinyl record uh, mm, yes. with the uh, Exalted Funeral and the Games Omnivores. And then uh, we were also uh, now in March, we had uh, a miniature mm. Kickstarter. That was also mm. a collaboration. Yeah, we do a lot of collabs, actually. And it's... that's, uh, it, it's been, uh, we were, you know, um, maybe working too much with Mark Borg stuff. So it was getting a bit stressful yeah, uh, uh, at some levels. So it's always, it's very nice with these collaborations mm. where other people can, uh, you know, pull the wagon, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we can, we can uh, you know, throw in some creative stuff mm. and uh, maybe relax a little bit and uh, charge mm. the batteries. So yeah. I was very unfocused after the, <clears throat> the core book. The territory scene. I was uh, putting some stuff into that. We were, at least I was, <laughs> a bit unfocused. <laughs> so it's very nice to have that uh, collaboration stuff going on mm. because it appears as though we are very busy, but <laughs> we can also <laughs> relax a bit. Sure. Yeah. I have to say that I haven't been relaxing since no? we <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see. But, Someone's not been talking to the other partner. On no, no, no. Okay. But I, uh, I, I totally agree with the, the value of the collaboration. And also how like it's interesting because how we look at ownership of the product like mm. we don't necessarily like own everything because we collaborate with a bunch of other people who will add their own ideas and their own like take to things and so that's the, also the thing with the the third party license that we have that we mm. open up and let others do you know whatever they want with Merc Boy. so mm. it's not just us two who sits yeah. on like a golden throne and does these things because we just we invite everyone to participate in this. That's actually, it leads on to my next question, really. So the open license, this idea that you've opened it up so that anyone can publish Merkball content for free or paid with sort of your blessing and falls in certain parameters, like all open licensing. Was that always going to be a thing? Or did you actually come to that arrangement? Because anyway? there's such a great fan base for Merkball anyway. Yeah. And there's an incredible community created content as well. And I know this goes into expansion designs as well, but I just, mm. it's an interesting, because not many games, not recent games have open licenses so I, I wondered if that was but just they a, should they, they should, should have that because it's it's very good but no it wasn't it wasn't always the idea we we had another thing which is really the basis for this uh heretic scene mm. and also the territory which was the the Merkberg cult that we had because when we i think it was before we even released the core book people would send us homebrew stuff that they made for really? the game yeah it's like oh this these are some travel rules this is a monster that i did and we wanted to highlight these things and like share them mm. so i made some art for them just for free and we laid it out and we made a pdf just to put up on the website for free download and eventually this grew and then we got more and more and more stuff coming in and a lot of people asked if we could print it so they could ha have it in like a mm. bundle or like a, yeah and that became the first scene territory and also Pele added stuff to that uh, mm. 
And then that format just kept growing and growing. And we made Heretic with more stuff. Mm. And eventually we realized that we can't control this because it's too much. We, <laughs> you know, we had a mailbox with, I think, almost hundreds of really? um, yeah, things. I think it's, uh, if you, there's some guy checking this, I, I don't, uh, I can't keep up anymore. But I think, <laughs> no. it's, I think it's more than a thousand Items, right now, items, yeah, we, uh, we, Merkborg items. Wow. And we had we had to open class or stuff like that. Yeah, we had to open the, the license. Yeah, because like we wow. can't be the, the bottleneck anymore. We have oh. to let people do their own things and just do it without our participation or involvement in it. Yes. So, and that really opened the floodgates, and people were you know they went wild and just created stuff. That's and now we, we wanted we also wanted all uh, the created people to maybe make some money out of it as yeah. well yes. because. Yeah. The only ones that were making money out of it was was us making money out of other people being cool. creative. So we, put, that was also a reason, maybe, I think. We also, we, yeah. we, I just want to clarify that we also pay yeah. the people for the stuff. Yes, yeah, no, no, we, I, 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 yeah, yeah. I <laughs> assumed you did. Yeah, we, no, we, I was also going to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we paid them, but... Uh, no, but this is a different but, thing. Yeah, uh, exactly. we, want, different. we wanted them to create their own published stuff and, yeah. and uh, you know, make some money out of every sold copy. I don't want to say like that's a noble thing because like you said, all games should have that or more games should have that because like you folks were saying, like the fact that, you know, you're, you're creating this in your own time, a game for you and then other people really like it as well and then yeah. want to share that like, then yeah, you, should, you put the time, love and effort into a game. You'd, you know, some sort of recognition to go towards it is, is uh, you know, financial is always good. So yeah, no, I, um, I'm sure you've had this before, but I commend you so much for that because it's been a joy to look through the community support. Oh my goodness, it's, I will say I've never seen a very recent RPG that's had this sort of fan base or, or, or and not even fan art. That's not no. how I would describe it, but it's just, just people just created. Community, yeah. yeah, it's so amazing. It's nice. And it's a win-win because, you know, we gain from it because people want to check out the main game and mm -hmm. they gain by it because they can use our name and our, our brand or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's really everyone wins in it. Yeah. I recommend every publisher to do the same. <laughs> and not don't don't take a cut don't take a percentage just mm -hmm. open it up just do it uh, yeah so going back to uh Merkborg yourselves what were sort of these sort of inspirations behind it i know that it's it's been described as the doom metal rpg but yeah. when you were sort of writing it and then when you were obviously creating artwork for it where were you looking to for in terms of uh inspiration i didn't know a lot about uh games that might seem apparent like uh, Warhammer, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, fifth edition, or I didn't know about these games actually. Not too much when I was writing Merkborg. So I, I was more inspired by music and mm. art, and uh, uh, also uh, the kind of game you played when you were at cons that mm. you wanted to get started really fast and uh, be able to create a new character in less than a minute. Mm -hmm. That was very important. I was not that inspired by other role-playing games, actually. Mm -hmm. It was more music and movies and art. Mm -hmm. Music has yeah. been, I mean, that's there's such a core inspiration yeah. and, and concept throughout this whole project. And we sometimes we refer to ourselves as kind of a band, like we're making, when we're making stuff, it's like we're in the studio jamming or something. Mm -hmm. And then we release books, which are kind of like albums. And now we actually released... We've released yeah, two albums. albums. One, yeah, like yeah. yeah, exactly. One vinyl and one also tape together mm. with the um, Null mm. band. And yeah. so yeah, it's 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 a very musical project in a way. And 
artistically kind of the same. It's like concert posters and mm. album covers, scenes, obviously, and that kind of thing. It's a big yeah. inspiration. And yeah. it's very, very important that we are not bo- feel like it's a boring stuff thing no. after the rehearsal. It's very important that it's, uh, <laughs> it, it feels fresh and vibrant. Mm. And, and like uh, yeah like we've mentioned like experimentation and, and to try to we always try to like renew ourselves in a way and not mm. especially when i when we made the first book mm. uh, i thought about that when making the graphic design like I, I never want to feel like i fall into a template or like i'm repeating myself yeah. no like, and, and that's the same thing with like oftentimes we talk about how like uh but how can we make this into something new that we've never done mm. before? Or how can yeah. we or do something that we have never seen anyone else do before? And maybe for a good reason, but, you know. <laughs> and I guess uh, yellow has become the color of... The, the, yeah, the official uh, color. It has, yeah. Yes. The official color, so we need to... We need to get rid of it. We, we need to get rid of <laughs> We hate it now. Everything <laughs> yellow in the future. Yeah. yeah. No, but for real, we're trying. I mean, I'm, I'm experimenting. I'm trying out different colors Try now it. because I, I feel like, I don't know, it's getting a bit too official and like gotta, people are asking what yeah yeah people are asking what kind of color codes and i'm like i don't know it's just yeah, do like yellow do, do whatever you want, you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly obviously it would be different with the with the, the recent uh zion expansions but to go from say the beginnings or when you were creating for the recent one with uh, heretic how yeah. long would you say that took you to sort of put it together and then obviously do the hard bit i assume which is design <laughs> graphic designing the whole thing what was your sort of process from going from the beginning bit, sort of the brief, to sort of the final product? That one is, I mean, these are kind of special, both the scenes, because they were like the articles, if you want to call them, or the contents in them are like accumulated over a long period of time because we mm-hmm. added them one after another to the website. And then when we had enough, we bundled them together into this thing. So maybe a short time span, actually. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was not years and years and years. No, no, it was. No, no. It was uh, weeks Months, and weeks, weeks and weeks. Yeah. Mix, yeah, yeah. I mean, the core book what, what that was half a year or something. No, not even yeah, that. maybe 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 half a year mm-hmm. before the Kickstarter no. and half year after the Kickstarter. After, yeah. yeah, yeah. So may, more or less a year. But I think once we start, uh, we've, I think we've said this before, but we're both um, extremely focused when we do work. Like when we yeah. when we get an idea. Both yes. of us, we can't really stop until it's done. So yeah. gotta get it get, out. Yeah. Yeah, we're like mm. equally manic there. So we have <laughs> we have to just get it done. And so we work very fast and we don't change a lot of stuff. Oh, interesting. The, like no, like some we do. I think I mean we had a lot of editions of the core book, but that was mostly for uh, proofreading and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but for art, I usually draw a thing and then it's done. I don't want to like stick around and revisit it and edit it too much. Yeah. Uh, you're, like, so you're like, it's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. It'll do. Yeah. I like I don't it. Wanna, but I don't want to lose that sort of um, the momentum or the speed in it. Yeah. Because like, there, there's a certain furious energy to these art yeah. works. And I don't want to like sit there and fiddle too much with them. But I mean... Some pieces are like that. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> uh, but that's when I want to mix things up and try something different. I, I do like that though. Like, I, like I did. Like, sure, the the, so the the proofing or the reviewing is just to check on say translation and stuff like that. Once it's down there and out there, you're like, I don't want to change it. I quite like that because I know quite a lot of us get to that point where we are perfectionists. Like, yeah. or you have that unfinished novel or these scenarios and you've written it. It's always sort of like, oh, but I don't want to put it out there because it's not ready. I like I like no. this sort of this like you said the energy of it. It's like 
he, here it is. So what? And <laughs> you're like, oh, it. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just do it. And I, I think more people need to do that, both in RPGs and also in life, really. Just go out and do it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's on to the next thing. I think life's yeah, exactly. too short, right? So that's really, that's really good. So let, let's talk quickly about Heretic then. So obviously, it's the new, yes. uh, the new Zine that's come out. So what can people expect from the Zine? So I know we've talked about, about uh, the previous one, but what's, what's, what's new in this one? Uh, it has a bunch of adventures. That's a good thing because. That way you can play the game. You can just pick this up and put it at your table. I think there's four adventures in here from Mm -hmm. one page or one spread Mm -hmm. uh, adventures to larger ones. Just a trove of of things in here. It's like monsters and classes and treasures and curses and whatever you want to have. It's written for Mercury, but you can use it in any fantasy game or any any game really. So... Mm -hmm. It's some official stuff in this one as well, uh, like uh, was in territory. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you we we really wanted to add those stuff into the official line mm-hmm. as well. And there's um there's a comic as well that you get to it. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a there's a big poster. There's like a it's a very minimal dungeon adventure in the form of a comic which is yeah, something that i've never seen done before which no, it's, it was fun it's it's such a cool format like the difference all of it i know it is me just saying you guys did a great work which i appreciate it's very unhelpful in an interview supporting your stuff but yeah i, I love that the, the comic sort of towards the end it's nice to see it differently and the one thing i've always dreaded i guess in rpgs is when you you open up and there's several there's 30 pages it's two yeah. columns there's no images and stuff like that the one thing i i loved about Mertborg was the sort of in certainly in the core rule book the sort of the adventure you had at the end there was a little map on every page that showed yeah. me where i need to go and i was like oh thank god which i know it's such a small accessibility thing but that was yeah. so helpful so you're not flicking back to a page and i'm so i am actually shocked that no other rpg has thought to do that so don't throw that up folks i really like it (laughs) very important for us to make it uh, that way yeah to make it easy to run i I think it's i mean we think a lot about these stuff like how are you using it at the table because that's design like that's oh like that's graphic design or like i don't know game design i guess Mm -hmm. not just how to create like encounters or whatever but how do you actually use this thing physically at your table one of the first thing that was important for us was like this is supposed to you are supposed to be able to bring it to the pub and start playing in 10 minutes that was uh, you know the first thing we thought about when we we're starting to write anything. I'm very happy about think, the, the, the adventure in the corporate. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think when I when I do the the layout for the adventures with the all these little sidebars and the bullet points and whatever, it's I I think about how how I am when I read role playing games because mm. I can't I can't focus I can't read these books that are like 200 pages. 200 pages, two uh, columns. No, I I can't. I mean, those it's are really entirely. Bad inaccessible to me yeah I, like, I, I try to read them i can't it's impossible <laughs> so like this way this is the way i want i would like to see adventures done and so the best way to 
see it is to do your do it yourself i guess so yeah just to try it out yeah i guess it, yeah it's your it's your own yeah. way of doing it but yeah it's it's interesting to see it sort of come out like a sort of not mass produce is not the word i'm looking for but it's nice to see it out yeah, there and for other people to see and sort of hopefully replicate it in their own games i think that's always the, the good thing it's like you, you can add something new and, and check it out but also people were like i like that i want to put that in and like you said like all the stuff i think in mobile you don't necessarily have to use the system for it it's such a, an amazing yeah. setting that you could just go i'm going to use this you know in fifth edition or in the cypher system or or my own my own little experimental rpg and that i always think that's the sign of a really strong uh game is that when you love the setting so much that you just want to tinker with it and break it and stuff so again kudos to you i don't know why i'm just like this is great guys and you're like you both know this so i don't know um, i know um, i don't a nice know way. it yet i'm, I'm probably oh, well I'm, i'll keep saying yeah. it for you then okay don't worry yes. <laughs> it's very clear for anyone who's read the book there's obviously a massive musical impact and as you've said you've done a mixtape you've done your own vinyl and stuff if there's somebody who's running a session what kind of music would you encourage them to play atmospheric music would it be certain bands or would it be certain soundtracks what would you go for sort of like a a, a Mertborg session there are spotify playlists that we've mm -hmm. done for every product i usually put on one of those when i play mm -hmm. just to have it in the background or some more atmospheric like drone metal like sun or boris or mirror reaper is a really good album by bellwitch that i really recommend then like that's that's for playing and I, th and I think like if you if you check the spotify the playlist that we've mm. done that's that's sort of a a mix of like the inspirations that has made this game but also other things it's, there's a lot of uh, like extreme metal but there's also a bunch of other genres that has inspired yeah. us to do it mm -hmm. which is important to mention would you agree yeah i agree 100 percent and uh, <laughs> also yeah also music like dark ambient and mm -hmm. why not uh, wagner some dramatic classical music and also that into the mix as well. yeah, yeah. but uh, as so, well uh, i haven't played much markborg yet but uh, yeah that would be the music that i would mm -hmm. put on so what would your number one advice be to anyone who's about to run their first game of markborg don't be afraid to make up rulings as you go and like don't don't flip through the rule book like leave the let the rule book sit at the table when you play like don't don't have it open or flip through it do, you can do that between sessions. If you struggle to remember a rule, just make something up. Like that's as long as everyone is happy and, and you have a good time and everyone feels yeah. like it's sort of just, you can, you know, mm -hmm. you, you're good, I think. I think so too. Maybe go for a classless character the first session, try out the tables hmm. and maybe don't worry too much about uh, no. get, misunderstanding get things. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, also try to as a game master try to flesh out a bit about the setting and make it your own setting uh, not my setting or anyone else setting mm -hmm. uh, try to make it your own setting that's why we try to uh, keep the setting open-ended and uh, not too detailed because mm -hmm. we want everyone to make it their own game yeah. maybe that's one attractive thing about Merkborg. it seems no, like no. that i'm not sure Maybe. There are no like yeah. official answers to anything. No. People sometimes ask us like, "Oh, what's the deal with the basilisks?" Or why? What's, what, what's the ta basilisk table in, in the middle of a book? Yeah, but it's what, like it's what up is to you. That table? Like, it's you. The, yeah, what do you do with that? It. Yeah, it's yeah. your it's, it's your book. You do yeah. you yeah. do whatever you want with it. Yeah, so. it's all it's all there for inspiration. But you can also equally ignore it or change it yeah. or anything. Yeah. yeah, I got that. As you as you can with <laughs> any book. That's the that's also the point. Like every 
This is not just for a boy. People Every take, game is people like this. People taking Mertball too seriously then. No, but, the yeah, but exactly. <laughs> people take all the games too seriously. You can, you can, Fair you can break every rule in every game. There's no there's no role-playing game police that will break in the door. <laughs> oh, well, now you've said it, they definitely exist, right? They, they will. <laughs> it's like, you're yeah. using a D12 instead of a D20. How dare you? You know. That's the wrong rule. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's your, it's your game. You bought it, you own it. It's yours. You bought it, you own it. I like that. I like that. What are your plans for future? I know, obviously, you've done Mertball. What is next? You know, are you just going to just see where the, the wind takes you? Try out new things? What, if, is, any, is there any plans you can share with us that are not like under NDAs or review or anything like that? The new project for me, I have a couple of ideas in my head mm-hmm. that I really want Merkborg stuff to be, mm-hmm. but it's a bit secret. Uh, yep. But for me, the biggest project is to go to cons now and meet people and talk to people. Yeah. And maybe get inspired by the discussions yeah. that will come with those people, what they are missing out, and not only what I want. So it will be nice to meet some people. Mm-hmm. You know, we released the game, and one week after that, everything shut down for two years. Mm. Yeah. So now it's uh, we hope we are not forgotten, <laughs> and we want to come. Out, we want to meet people in the Sweden and UK and US and all the other countries mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we try to, we will try to come to a lot of cons now and talk to people that's the main thing for me not mm-hmm. to write yeah to uh, enjoy enjoy and, and enjoy the enjoy the play the uh, game maybe yeah play the game <laughs> yeah play the game uh, enjoy the community because mm-hmm. i've only been thinking about uh, you know uh, I've been feeling a bit sad about not being able to meet people and uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it, that will be the main focus for me, mm-hmm. not to produce something, uh, yeah. just relax and meet people. But I think that's, uh, that's really good. important if anyone, wants, if anyone wants something good coming out from our part. No business, only fun. <laughs> only only <laughs> leisure. I'm yeah. not sure, you know, the shining one. Too, too, yeah, too, much, all, too much work does uh, all work and no play uh, exactly yeah. no no work and play makes me makes me uh, a <laughs> dull boy a dull yeah. boy uh, <laughs> I, I'm really tired in my head at that and so I need to come out and meet some people mm-hmm. uh, otherwise yeah. there will only be shit coming out yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more and we have we have two cons planned now so we're going to golf con Mm-hmm. In two weeks, which is Gothenburg in Sweden, yes. our largest con, and then we're also going to a a tattoo convention in uh, Denmark, ah, cool. which is really nice. Yeah, so hopefully there's will be more cons in the yes. future. Yes, so we'll see that. And also we have I just want to mention we we also have a cyborg coming out now, yes. which is the cyberpunk spin-off game to Merkborg that I'm doing together with Christian Salian of Stockholm Cartel. So that's 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 um, that's fun. It's just wrapping up now, sending mm-hmm. it to print and everything. So Exciting. we'll see. So they'll be out um, later so this that, year then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting to me this evening. It, honestly, like it's such a fun RPG. Like, like I said, when you when we first, when I first read it, I was like, "Is this something for me?" And then I read it, and I was like, "Yes." Uh, why did I even question it? Um, I'm an idiot. So yeah, I, I can't wait. I've got already got a, a game plan. I've got people set up for it, and I don't think they have any idea what uh, they're waiting for. Essentially, so I'm very excited. My last question to you is that: Where can we find your work? Um, where do you have any social media? Or if you like, where can we find your stuff so that the people that, who are listening can go and buy Mertborg and find out more about what you do? You can find most of the stuff at morkborg.com, but also on like every social media channel there is. 
we're, we're there. We have a really good Discord where you can talk to us and the community at all times. Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or all those places. All the normal routes. All the normal <laughs> channels, yeah. Right. That feels very unmortable. Like, like it should be a blood sacrifice and a pigeon. Exactly. You also need to dig up an old grimoire and yes. make a ritual. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to log into our Twitter. Yeah, exactly. You like forgotten password. Oh, hang on. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you chatting to me this evening. Yeah, thank you too. It was a pleasure. I'm hoping to do more of these special Q&A bonus episodes in the future, including Q&As on the one-shots we've run here at What Am I Rolling? If you have a question or think of an RPG designer you would like to see interviewed on this podcast, just let us know. Our email address is whatamirollingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.